Hello, you're listening to the Knit British Podcast, and I'm your host, Louise Scully. The Knit British Podcast supports wool that's been grown, spun, or dyed in the UK. Join me for episode 22, Knitting Communities. Welcome to the Knit British Podcast. It's lovely to have you join me, especially if you're listening in for the first time. A very special hello to you. And a big hello and hi to everyone joining me again. How are things with you? I am hoping that since we last met, you are all well and cheery, as I am here, up in Knit British HQ in Shetland. On the show today, I have another update on Podcast Lounge for the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. I'll be looking at my cast-on and cast-offs. going to be talking a little bit about a HAP knit-along that's coming up. That's H-A-P. I'm going to also be looking at the post bag and knitting communities. So, you should by now have the kettle on or poured up a beverage of your choice mine is water today and have a whip ready to go as i do you might hear my needles clicking and let's get going (laughs) well february is I know it's the shortest month, but my goodness, it is ramping along, isn't it? Well, today is, uh, this is Tuesday afternoon that I'm recording this. And come Saturday, it's going to be a month till the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. That is really unbelievably exciting, I can't tell you. I'm sh- well, I'm sure those of you who are planning on going are already quite aware of how exciting that is. But yeah, time just seems to be leaping on. And this last week has gone in so fast. But it's all been good fun, as always. Um, Lots of podcast lounge excitement for the Edinburgh Yarn Festival and not a whole heap of knitting, apart from one project, main project that I'll tell you about in Cast On, Cast Off, but a lot of working at the computer and accompanying me on that has been my usual favourite podcasts and also some audiobooks. Um, If you are a regular listener to the Net British podcast, you probably know that I'm a bit of an audio fiend. I like to be able to listen to things on the go. I like to be able to do other things and listen. So I'm I'm mainly a podcast, audio podcast girl, and I really do love my radio player. And uh, I'm a big fan of Audible and audiobooks. I can borrow audiobooks from the library. Last couple of weeks, I have listened to a plethora of books, well for me. I'm quite a slow listener because I'll listen on the bus in the morning and then it gets paused and then I'll I'll listen on the bus on the way back and it gets paused and if, I, if I'm working in the spooky stacks alone then I have a book on just so that there is some noise with me in the stacks in the library, in the reserve stacks, uh, in the small cramped conditions um it's nice to feel that there's somebody there with you and yeah and I sometimes listen at bedtime as well um so I've been listening to uh, Wuthering Heights which I'm working my way through and I haven't read this physically read this book since uni so uh, it's been quite it's quite good to remember to see how much I remember of it I've also been I listened to twice now uh, the uh, adaptation adaptation of Neverwhere uh, that was on Radio 4 a couple of years ago. Uh, That's the Neil Gaiman book Neverwhere, uh, one of those all-star brilliant adaptations. Um, I've listened to that uh, twice. It's a fantastic thing to have on the background. I've also had Howl's Moving Castle uh, (laughs) this in the last couple of weeks and what else? And I'm currently listening to The Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins. I'll read you the blurb. Rachel catches the same commuter train every morning. She knows it will wait at the same signal each time, overlooking a row of back gardens. She's even started to feel like she knows the people who live in one of the houses. Jess and Jason, she calls them. Their life, as she sees it, is perfect. If only Rachel could be that happy. And then she sees something shocking. It's only a minute until the train moves on, but it's enough. Now everything's changed. Now Rachel has a chance to become part of their lives that she's only watched from afar. Now they'll see she's much more 
than just the girl on the train. And it's a it's a fantastic read told from three female voices, um, points of view. And um, I'm halfway through that at the moment, really enjoying that. So uh, not a lot of knitting been going on, but a lot of listening. Oral, A-U-R-A-L, um, satisfaction. <laughs> So I think we'll we'll just get right on with uh, the rest of the show. And let's go straight to cast on, cast off. And I am actually knitting on the moment, at the moment, one of my projects. I am knitting on the Camille cardigan. Uh, this is from Knit Scene Winter 2012. It's a chunky weight cardigan with lace panels and a lovely deep rib on the hem and button bands. It's by Gretchen Ronovic. It has contiguous sleeves, which actually, which I've never done before, I don't think, but I'm finding them very pointy at the uh, at the top. I'm hoping I can block that out a bit. I do see, see that other people have sort of made this observation that there's sort of, there's a peak uh, uh, at the shoulder. Yeah, I'm not so overly fond of that, but I am enjoying the rest of the knit and it's because it's chunky, it's a fast knit, and although I haven't had much time to do much knitting on it, when I do work on it, I see a lot of progress really quickly. At the moment, I just, the, the button band, although I'm not putting buttons on it, I've decided. This cardigan, you basically, you, you knit the body, then you pick up all the way around for the button band uh, and the collar, and you form the collar with short rows, and then you carry on knitting um, the button band and there are instructions on where to create your buttonholes. But as I say, I'm just going to have this as an open cardigan. It's not a shawl neck collar. It's just um, high, higher at the back, but I don't think that'll really suit me. So I've knitted more short rows in order to make it more sh- more shawl collar like so that I can fold that over. I knitted the, the bottom uh, rib hem uh, a little longer and I think I'll do the same with the bands so that it's just a nice cardigan to pull on on a cold day and just pull around yourself rather than having to button it up and I'm loving it and the, the yarn isn't British it's uh, Debbie Bliss Riva which is deep stash I think it's the storm colorway which is mostly black and grey and you can sort of see the, the, the colour change um, I can't remember why I bought this yarn. I think I probably did want it for the chunky cardigan or chunky jumper. Um, I I think I bought it when I didn't really care where my yarn came from. It's not 100% wool, but it's warm. Like even knitting with it on my lap, it I can feel the warmth from it. So yeah, I just have... A, I, I, because I really can't bear knit sleeves like a lot of us, I did the body and I knitted one sleeve and then I decided to take a break and knit the uh, button band and collar. So once I've done that, then I'll do the last sleeve and hopefully I'll be able to take her away with me next week on Pod Retreat. So that's the Camille Cardigan by Gretchen Ronovic in Debbie Bliss Riva yarn. And yeah, I think we all could do with one, at least one chunky knit cardigan in our wardrobe. I certainly will have to go stash diving for the other chunky, actually, and also non-British yarn that's in my stash to possibly make something else. Because it's not getting any warmer at the moment. It might be getting lighter, but it's not getting any warmer. I've had one cast on since last we met, which... Uh, is the Lapsang Cowl by Claire Devine. Claire has just recently released the tea collection. Uh, Lapsang and Earl Grey are two hats that came out late last year, and they have been joined by the Earl, Gl- uh, the Earl Grey Cowl and the Lapsang Cowl, the Licorice Hat, the Hibiscus Hat, and the Chai Hat. And this collection is going to grow throughout 2015. And I love the inspiration for the hat and cowl collection. The yarn is, is I think so far it's all from Ginger Twist Studios. You will remember maybe that I knit the Lapsang hat at the end of last year, November time, with Toft Ulysses yarn. And so I, when I heard Claire was creating a Lapsang cowl, I really couldn't wait for that pattern to come out. And 
it's a fast, cosy, really satisfying little knit. I knit it in Ginger Twist Studios Flumps Trunky yarn in the Hocus Pocus colourway, which is sort of blacks and greys with a lovely iridescent green in there. And um, I, I was really drawn to the colour. And um, when I went to Edinburgh at Christmas, I made a beeline for it when, uh, when I got to Jess's shop. And I just love it so much. It's got that warm, squish, soft, cosy combo and I really recommend it highly. The pattern on the Lapsang cowl is, I think I called it a sort of an undulating pattern that looks looks like cabling, but it's, but it's not cabled. And uh, it's actually reversible as well. So I think I've had a matching hat and cowl for the longest time. And the fact that they're two different colours... <laughs> doesn't really matter once I mean my hat is grey so it does go but yeah that this is the first for me <laughs> if you're interested in the tea collection from Claire as I said the patterns will be more patterns will be added throughout 2015 and the price is currently at 10 pounds I believe it might go up again uh, with each new release uh, and I th also think that if you have previously purchased the Lapsang hat or Earl Grey hat when they were first released then you get a small discount I'm not sure if that's for a limited time only or not um, so don't quote me on that but uh, this is just a really fantastic collection and the patterns are really singly and then will be all tied together uh, in a, an, an e-book when the collection is finished. So that is the tea collection by the fantastic Claire Devine. And if you're interested, you can find Claire on Claire's patterns on Ravelry. And you'll also find them at her brand spanking new website, which is www.yarnandpointysticks.com. Hap knitting. That's H-A-P. <laughs> We've been talking in the Knit British group about having a hap along. And this started up quite a while ago, actually, after I took Gudrun Johnson's hap making class at Shetland Wool Week in, back in October. And it's all had always been in my mind to try and knit a full-size hap in British... Uh, natural colours. I'd spoke to Louise Tilbrook who is Mad Mum Knits on Twitter and, and she'd said she would might be up for that and we thought it'd be a good cal. So for those, I mean for those of you who don't know, I have spoken about haps on the podcast before. A hap is a traditional shawl, either square or triangle or sometimes called half hap, which was had commonly had a plain garter centre with a lace border which would have been um, traditionally old shale, but often other lace patterns are incorporated. And once it was everyday, part of everyday dress for Shetland women, uh, now it's uh, baby blankets and shawls and wraps and uh, blankets. And actually there's even a hap cardigan pattern uh, that I saw recently, and I'll put a link to that. I'm sorry, I can't remember at the moment who created it but it's it's there's a beautiful hap cardigan pattern there's been a lot of interest in the the knit british group about it so i'm aiming to have a hap along and it will be in april and i will come back to you with the proper dates i just really can't think much further than edinburgh Yarn festival at the moment uh, the rules will be that it just should be described as a hap in the name or the pattern description on Ravelry. And actually, if you search hap on Ravelry, there's quite a good selection of patterns. Some traditional, like Gudrun Johnson's Hansel pattern. And there are more contemporary turns. Uh, the Hap for Harriet by Kate Davis and Kelpie and Quill by Brooklyn Tweed, which are also contemporary twists on the traditional but I'm also going to accept traditional Shetland construction as the pattern description because that refers to the fact that the shawl is knitted with by the centre first and then stitches are picked up for the border. So that's really the only rules that it, that it has to be described as a hat in the name or description or be described in the pattern description as traditional Shetland construction shawl. And that really includes Gudrun Johnson's Flukra, Simmerdim, Istlite and Lauren, which are constructed in that way. 
There will be small prizes. So in order to to be in for, for one of those prizes, then your hap should be described, as I've just mentioned there, uh, in, in the pattern name or notes. And if you are in any ways unsure, then judge's discretion, you can give me a shout. But yeah, anything. I mean, you can knit the hap cardigan if you like. You can you can knit a shawl. You can knit a blanket. I think it, I think it'll be really fun. I'm gonna be running the cal for a good few months um, to allow for blanket knitters, and you know I don't like don't really like cals with with too short a d- deadline on them, so. and I don't mind what weight you want to knit in or what or what colours or provenance obviously if you want to use British yarn then I will love you forever <laughs> but that's not a prerequisite colour will be really fun uh, element of this because traditionally these shawls have been knit in in natural colours and um, or you know with the select colours that were available at the time or that people dyed themselves I guess traditionally and just think of the fun that you can have now with colours and you could have a natural rainbow or really, really bold. In fact, if you have a look at Vera Valmaki's three-quarter hap, she uses some fantastic colours in that. But have a look on Ravelry or come up with your own combinations. That'd be fantastic. Also, you know, how, how you knit your hap. Are you going to just have a, a feather and fan old shale border? Are you going to incorporate more lace into the design more lace patterns um one of the people in the group was interested in uh they had the the book heirloom knitting by sharon miller which talks a lot about a great deal about shit and lace and hap making and i think she's quite interested in coming up with her own recipe for a hap rather than following a pattern um from using that that particular book so that would work too. I'm also I'm going to be preparing some posts on this in the coming weeks. But if you're interested, as I say, we already have that group in the Knit British Ravelry group called Hap Interest. So get over there and and um, let us know if you fancy joining in with us. But I think it'll be a really interesting um, opportunity to explore a pattern uh, or a type of of garment or accessory that maybe not a lot of people are familiar with the the fact that you could knit this square you can knit it triangular you can start you can start from the the center and and then pick up the stitches that's quite an interesting construction um for some knitters so i think it's going to be really interesting so keep your eyes peeled for more information about that coming up I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try for a blanket sized square hap and it will be Gudrun Johnson's Hansel, which I think will look lovely in British breed colours. But I'm torn because I might want to go colourful too. Um so what kind of hat do you think you might knit? Let us know. Pod retreat is happening next week. I'm going on that. This is organised by Nick from the Tales from the Plain podcast and we're going uh, to Wales. Uh, it was going to be Chester, but that's changed. So we're, we're going to Wales. I think there are nine of us all together. Nine go knitting in Wales. Sounds a bit like a Enid Blyton book. Uh, or a comic strip presents episode. <laughs> uh, probably the latter if I know some of the people going on the retreat. I am really, really, really looking forward to this and it's just going to be lovely to kick back and have a knit and have a giggle. Uh, There are some uh, crafty sessions that have been uh, planned, but I just can't wait to join in and just looking forward to to the break and the good company and meeting some people that I have only met, uh, spoken to online. So really looking forward to that our farmhouse in wales and from the pictures it looks lovely it looks uh, very remote and uh, very serene and i'm hoping that we get some nice weather so that we can get out and about as well Uh, if not it doesn't matter we're gonna sit and knit aren't we and and have good fun so i'm really looking forward to that as i say and i will catch you up on that on my return and let you know all about it podcast lounge the fun is just unending with that and i have some some more news for you i was i was teasing you a little bit last time not really giving you much information about my 
my session in the podcast lounge. But I am going to have a come and have a feel session of British Wool, of course. What we're going to do is have lots of samples of British Wool uh, in the ball and unwashed uh, swatches and washed and blocked swatches. So if you've never encountered much breed yarn before or uh, blended yarns before, uh, come and have a feel. I want you to create some tasting notes, if you will, of of um, the yarn that I've got there. I can't promise that I've got all the breed yarns available in the UK. I just don't have time to knit all those. <laughs> but we're going to have some special yarns uh, provided by Blacker as well as other yarns. Uh, and uh, as I say, I'm gonna, there's going to be a smorgasbord of, of British breed yarns for you to try and just have a squish. I want, I, I, you know that I always talk about how different the hand squish grab of the ball is different from your finished knitted blocked item and the working yarn in between those two processes uh, is different too. So that is the whole point of come and have a feel is just to do that and maybe create some tasting notes on what you find and there might even be a little incentive for you um, to come and have a feel and I'll tell you more about that uh, in a later podcast but it's going to be really good fun and uh, from now until the Embryon Festival you can tell that I'm going to be just knitting swatches <laughs> for you to have a feel of um, but I'm really looking forward to that and really looking forward to getting uh, your reactions to some of these yarns and getting it on tape for the uh, for the podcast as well so please do come along to that we're going to be doing that on um, well, I'd quite like to get two sessions of that as if possible but we're definitely going to be doing that on the Saturday morning so yes yeah, so come and have a feel um, also I just heard the other day that we're going to have the knit-a-thon blanket in the podcast lounge now for those of you um, who listened to my interview with Karina Westerman, she was talking about the, the, the Knit Nordic event that was on in the National Museum of Edinburgh uh, a few months ago and they knitted, everybody got together and knitted squares for a blanket and we're going to have that there uh, in the podcast lounge. That's just been announced but that's going to be there to come and have a look at and... Other Edinburgh Yarn Festival news, you will by now have heard about the Cabaret, which is being organised by my Wovember mucker, uh, Felicity Ford, which is, which is happening on the Saturday night. Now, the Saturday night evening entertainment, you have to buy a ticket for it and tickets are extremely limited. So if you are at all interested in going to the Cabaret, then please go to Edinburgh Yarn Festival uh, website, edinyarnfest.com, and get a ticket as soon as possible, because um, I fear that they will be snapped up. And there's going to be a lot of fun uh, at the Cabaret. <laughs> I can't keep doing that. At the Cabaret, there's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, there's going to be a pub quiz and musical interludes, and I just know that it's going to be the most fantastic way to celebrate the Edinburgh Yarn Festival as well. And so that's happening. And if you keep an eye out on social media and uh, my blog over the weekend, there will be more Edinburgh Yarn Festival related news um, that I would love to pass on to you, but I can't tell you at the moment, but it's really exciting. So that, that'll be coming over the weekend um, for your Edinburgh Yarn Festival delectation. What else has been happening in podcast lounge-wise? Uh, another one of the sessions that I'm hosting is the Technique Agony Ant uh, session with Carol Meldrum on Saturday afternoon. This is going to be about four o'clock on Saturday afternoon. And Carol will be taking your questions about techniques and skills and your general wondering at how to do... Um, pull off certain techniques or um, troubleshooting troubleshooting definitely so how, why not get in touch if you have a question I've had uh, quite a few gauge questions already that I can ask Carol about but if you have any other questions gauge or otherwise or other techniques or something that you need a tip on then do get in touch uh, louise at knitbritish.net and we will bring that up um, at Carol's Agony Ant session. 
and quite a few of you had asked for for an agony ant session so i'm hoping that uh, to, to see you there and i will be definitely giving carl your questions um and yeah it's it's oh, it's i'm looking at the schedule here and it's looking good in fact every time i look at it i get more and more excited <laughs> <laughs> I have a page on the Knit British website uh, now about Podcast Lounge. I will be sort of updating that as I get more information. And you should also definitely, definitely check out edinyarnfest.com for, for all the Edinburgh Yarn Festival and Podcast Lounge news. But it's really exciting. And I've um, had some emails from some rather excited podcasters who want to come along to the podcaster meetup on both days so it's all shaping up to be fantastic i can't but quite believe that i'm i'm going to leave it uh, for a week while i go away for pod retreat but um i'm actually quite happy to do so because it's all it's all shaped up fantastically and if you have any questions about podcast lounge or need any info on that uh, area then you can get in contact with me louise at knitbritish.net now there's a new podcast that i wanted to tell you about uh, blaster podcast is a podcast from ireland and it is hosted by one of my twitter chums under me oxter and <laughs> her friend uh, Clarabelle and here is a promo for their upcoming first episode this is Claire this is Gervla and this is Blaster a taste of the craft scene in Ireland so you said Blaster right? Blaster what does Blaster mean? Blaster is the Irish word for taste or tasty or flavour it's also a play on blasting and Having the crack. Having the crack. Having a blast. But what exactly is Blaster, the podcast? Blaster, the podcaster. <laughs> Each monthly episode is going to have a particular theme that we're going to introduce. Yeah. We're going to go and interview the people related to that theme. Yeah. And then we're going to have a chit-chat about what we have learned oh. over a pint. I'm really looking forward to this because um, I love uh, Under Me Oxter's tweets and I love her humour and I think it'll be really interesting to have another audio podcast uh, and uh, one about the craft scene in Ireland and I love that they've got uh, going to have a theme uh, each episode and sort of to come back and talk about what they've what they've learned about that theme so I'm that's fantastic I'm really looking forward to that best of luck to you girls and um, if you're coming to the Ember Yarn Festival do come along to the podcaster uh, meetup and Q&A I've been thinking a lot about community uh, regular listeners and readers uh, will have probably heard me talk about community and knitting quite a lot over the last few while. And it's something that I've been thinking a lot about since organising the podcast lounge and have been writing about. And this last week I've been writing an article and, and touched upon the idea of, of community. As a knitter, I feel very much part of several communities and there are there are lots of of communities that come under the umbrella of sticks and string you know we have our knit nights and our, our knitting circles and our crafting communities and some of us go to several you know we have different we have different craft circles and groups and some are study or night class based some are more social or some grow out of study and night class workshop related um, groups and, and take on a community of their own. Maybe you're in a guild or the WI or something something similar. That you know, that's another crafting community. And then when we go online, that knit related community gets far bigger. When we find like minded followers on Twitter and Facebook, if you like that sort of thing, and <laughs> Instagram, some might argue the idea of a cohesive community on social media because either the the brevity or the quickness of it doesn't lend itself to that, but I would like to disagree with that. You know when we start following knitters and crafty people 
we then start following the like-minded knitters and crafty people that they follow and then we receive email notifications and suggestions of other knitterly creative people to follow and so it goes on and we're recommended more and more uh, and meet more and more pe- people through RTs and suggestions from our Twitter followers and very qu- it becomes big very quickly. I have a list on Twitter of just knitter accounts and so I can have a timeline that is just full of my own knitterly community and social media is awesome for sharing ideas and plans very widely and very quickly and it can just take take off and take you know take you to places that you might not go in a in a real um, knitting uh, circle environment Ravelry, of course, is a massive society uh, made up of all these community groups. And I love visiting my favourite knitting community group threads every day. Um, particularly Knit British, of course, which obviously has the best members. <laughs> but like all communities, some were active members in and others were a bit quieter. Or you know, maybe transient members floating about checking if we want to really join in with the main thrust of the group or... You know, maybe we, we audit a group or community because it, we're brought there by a mention, you know, an ear burn or something like that. And there's different ways that we come into these. There are podcasts and, and blogs, of course, and we build communities, you know, communities are formed around them. We encourage feedback and commenting. We form groups in Ravelry and, you know, maybe Google, Google Plus or other social media and, you know, follow one another and the community grows again and of course podcasters and bloggers um, feel part of a community or our own groups of because we too share a like-minded interest in something that and and you know designers too have their own designer communities and and I and it's really interesting to me that that um, we inhabit all these fantastic spaces and and it's interesting why and how. I mean, we all have the influence of sticks and strings, and that, as I say, goes deep and wide. We all have the connection to that shared interest in in knitting. It doesn't matter what our skill level is. It doesn't matter your level of craft involvement. You might be a a weekend knitter. You might be, as Carrie Westman calls it, a knitter with a capital K. We're all very different, and we're all very different personality and different characteristics. And We don't even have to know each other's last names or real names, but we all come together with that shared interest in knitting. And lots of us seek to join these groups because we feel the need to include ourselves in something that our craft is centred on. And that sense of connectedness, I think we, we can all relate to that. And that sense of connectedness is the first membership benefit, if you like, of joining that community along with sort of affinity and belonging and support, which is a huge one. Sharing knowledge and skills, of course, is a, is a big benefit. And if you're really lucky, then you get friendship too. And you get these benefits both in real-life knitting communities in the real world, and you get that in online ones too. And I think knitting communities they're you know they're not homogenous and as I keep saying those because those roots they go of knitting go deep and wide and some might say that um, we're moving away from from real life situations to online ones and there's too much concentration on into online communities but I think the internet just helps strengthen our knitting communities and you know it it can bring people out of their shell rather than than anonymize them and it it can do so much for for the community i mean look at ravelry this week hitting five million users or last week sorry we belong to that society we belong to those communities i've had the pleasure of meeting many people from my online worlds and i'm very pleased to say that they're just as lovely in real life as they are online and i think it's really funny when i talk to other people about you know, and other people being non-knitters, about you know meeting people from from Twitter, or or you know meeting people that 
that you've met online that that you know then you're going to meet them in real life and you know non-knitters are like is that safe are you sure about this um (laughs) but you know it's we all have pointy sticks you know if there's any problems we're armed (laughs) Um, i just feel so incredibly lucky to be involved with the groups and communities that i belong to in relation to knitting and this week in the Knit British group, I was asking you how you felt about your knitting communities and, and please feel free to, to join in with that conversation. But I wanted to read a couple out to you. Ayla111 said, For me, the different knitting communities that I belong to and used to belong to have shaped and informed me as a knitter. And without sounding too dramatic in my life also, I started to learn how to knit by attending a local knit night where I learnt the very basics of knitting and where I purchased cheap, aka acrylic wool. In the end, the group wasn't for me and I stopped going, but some fantastic things happened as a result of me attending. It started my addiction to knitting and I met someone who became my best and treasured friend and partner in crime at wool festivals. (laughs) It was this friend who introduced me to Ravelry and knitting blogs, although it was only last summer while taking part in the Lush podcast and using the forums that I got the Ravelry community bug. I love having Twitter chats with people, including those I've been fortunate enough to meet. And I'm sure it's not just me, but I do forget sometimes that I've never met many of the people that I talk to online or listen to. I do class these people as my knitting and woolly pals. And that is really true. Again, that goes back to what I was saying about, you know, non-knitters who say, do you think it's wise meeting people you haven't met people off the internet meeting them in real life but that's it that shared interest you you do form a, a really a lovely wooly nitty affinity uh, thank you very much to isla for that quilter caroline said i've been knitting seriously for about five years now i was diagnosed with cfs in 2008 and has it has left me without a job or social groups and i'm all but housebound i have never been to a yarn shop or had a knitting group however i do feel part of the knitting community i love ravelry and i enjoy the groups that i'm in being able to join in as much as i'm able to whenever i'm able to is a true lifeline i am also a big podcast listener and watcher these people are my knitting group giving me encouragement inspiration and companionship even though they may be on the other side of the world i can't put into words what this virtual community means to me sometimes hard to hear what everyone else is up to but right now i have to live vicariously through others i'm hoping that i may be able to take part in some virtual knit nights sometime in the future and i may be able to make short trips to the local yarn shops thank you so much uh, quilter carline for that um it's true some you know some of us rely on our virtual communities Uh, I don't personally have a knit night that I go to anymore and when I can't get out and have a knit with friends then it's you do you look to your to your your community online for that and virtual knit night sounds like a good idea Quilter Caroline I think that might be an idea that we'll have to employ at some point for Knit British. Helen HFJ says, I go to one group regularly and some others occasionally. I'm the founder member of the regular group and it's moved from place to place as venues have come and gone. But the core membership has remained, which shows the strength of the group. These people are true friends. We laugh and cry together. We support each other through whatever life throws at us. And of course, we knit, drink tea and eat cake together. Some people come and go and never to be seen again. Some turn up once in a blue moon. But everyone is made welcome and I hope feels comfortable enough to return whenever they can or want to. I'm very lucky. They're a lovely bunch and the sense of belonging and enjoying a shared passion without doubt brings a wonderful new dimension to the hobby that I love. Uh, thank you so much for that. That's lovely, Helen. Uh, Monty Mouse says, Hi, Lena. This is a really interesting topic. I love knitting communities I belong to. It's great to find like-minded individuals with similar tastes. I love Ravelry and the way that it enables you to connect with knitters all over the world. I also really like the group's feature and ability to find others who share specific knitting interests, whether it's knitting British, following a favourite designer, using specific techniques like Fair Isle or keeping up to date with a favourite with a favourite wool producer. In the last few months, I've tried to step outside the virtual community world and join some local knitting groups. None of them advertised, so I was struggling to find any in my area and was feeling a bit 
in the knitting desert. Anyway, I went on a course at Fibre East and met someone who lived in the same town as me and we connected through Ravelry. A few weeks later, we went for tea and she invited me along to a knit group and in the next town along. Since then, I've discovered another knit club in my local town. I went along for the first time last night and they told me about another two knitting clubs in the area. I feel like a whole new world has opened up. That is fantastic. Uh, she also says, on an educational level, I've learned so much from all the groups I belong to, including finding out about new yarn techniques, patterns, etc. On a more personal level, I am recovering from a period of illness. So the friendship, support and company these groups offer has been fantastic. And let's face it, what could be more fun than sitting in a cosy pub with a glass of wine and a group of fellow knitters? I couldn't agree more. That's, that's fantastic. So do join in uh, and let us know about the communities that you you're a member of it's a, it's a really interesting subject and i and i if somebody's good at Venn diagrams then it'd be really interesting to do one of all the different um real and virtual knitting communities and and those of course that they 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 interact don't they with one another because you know the real world ekes us into the virtual world and we have virtual knitting nights and we have um charity knitting that might stem from a group and become an online um, campaign same with with um, crafting and craftivism um, and activism you know knit, how that can knitting can become part of that too and and it's really interesting I would really love to know about your knitting communities and how knitting connects you to different groups maybe you don't think of yourself as belonging to a community maybe you see ravel- ravelry and social media as separate to your knitting communities or you see yourself separate from from that um, but I know for one that I feel very lucky to be associated with the ones I am and it's why I'm looking forward to Podcast Lounge so much and providing a space for all the knitting communities, podcast listening communities, blog reading communities, yarn buying communities, knitters in general, podcasters, designers. It's going to be a wonderful opportunity to meet, commune and have fun. I really like to hear about your knitting communities and there is a thread on the Knit British Traveller group. Join in and let us know all about yours. I am constantly in awe of all the people who want to buy and try British wool and I'm never so more in awe when you are actually outside the United Kingdom. But one of the big things about Knit British is also making you think about wool miles and buying wool that's local to you, that supports jobs in your local wool industry. So I would love to hear from you about your own local wool resources. Um, What is your favourite local breed yarn? What are the characteristics of that yarn? Where are your local mills? Do you spin as well as knit? I'd really, really love to hear from from you about this. And um, if you live outside the UK... What is local for you? So you can email me on louise at knitbritish.net and you can now also find the Knit British podcast on Skype where you can leave a message which I may play out on the show. Please note that I will not be using the Knit British podcast Skype account for general conversation uh, and and chatting. It will just be uh, an answering service. I would really love uh, to get a message from you and play it out on the podcast. And that goes for anything that you want to ask me. Uh, you can You can email it, you can comment in the Knit British Ravelry group or on the Knit British website or you can Skype search on Skype for Knit British Podcast <laughs> Postbag question now the other week Clairette who is uh, a new kid in the Knit British Ravelry group asked about yarn budgets and asked us do we stick to a yarn budget? And I thought this is quite a good question that I would pose it, chuck it out there, because I know we all have um, different answers to this. For me, personally, I used to have a yarn budget. (laughs) But to be honest, now I am more of a, if I like it, I will buy it opinion. Um, it's more difficult living here in Shetland because there is a lack of local yarn store that doesn't sell anything else but either Shetland yarns or acrylic yarns. 
if I do go to a yarn event outside of Shetland, then I think, if I see something, I think buy it because I might not get the opportunity to see that seller again for maybe another year or I might have only seen their wares online and, and this is a good opportunity to see it in the woolly flesh, fleece. I don't know if it's best the term for that, but the woolly flesh sounds wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if I see it, I think I'm just going to get it because I might not I might not see it again. I do try and have yarn free months. I mean, I don't like I'm not just buying yarn left, right, and centre. I I do have a I suppose I'm a little bit more restrained <laughs> than than see it like it buy it. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, if I buy. I might get to the end of the month and think I've not bought any yarn, then I might go out and look out for some. But, but what about you? What what are your yarn buying methods? Do you save up and go in a splurge? Do you try and stash down? I mean, that's another thing as well. When sometimes the stash gets a little bit overwhelming and you think I really need to knit from stash. What are your yarn budgeting skills? And if you have hot yarn budgeting skill tips then please do share them with us because we would love to find out um some of us probably probably me could could probably be a little bit more restrained at, at times yeah you could leave a message uh on the episode thread in the Ravelry group or a comment on knitbritish.net on the show notes post uh, and tell us a little bit about how you plan for buying yarn if indeed you plan at all. That was my virtual post bag. But in my real post bag this week, I got a absolutely unbelievable package from Evie and Lily, which is the Ravelry name for the lovely Julie on Ravelry. And she got in touch with me uh, around the time of the Podiversity a couple of episodes ago to... Uh, make a a beautiful and very, 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 very generous offer of some British wool from her stash as a a birthday present. And I was extremely touched by this lovely gesture and uh, I'd sort of forgotten about it. And then this package, bulging package, came in the post um, the other day. And to say that it was full of treasure different British breeds breed yarn in there, Wensleydale, Polworth, there's Alpaca, there's Blue Face Leicester, there's Warbles, I think there's also Norfolk and uh, lots of dyed, lovely dyed colours from the Natural Dye Studio and I was really overwhelmed and I spoke to Evie and Lily slash Julie uh, about this and she said that if I didn't think I could knit with it all, I could give some away as a prize. And so there will be a prize uh, coming up on the blog soon for that. But I shall also be giving some of it away in the door prize for the Edinburgh Yarn Festival because really this yarn is spectacular. If you have knitted with the Natural Dye Studio yarn before, uh, you will know that they have a big um, emphasis on British wool and it's really stunning yarn and it's an extremely generous uh, and kind thing to do from Julie and I know that uh, the yarn that I use will definitely be knitted into something special and I will always remember that I got that from her. Uh, so thank you so much to you and a big hi and hello to the lovely Evie and Lily slash Julie. Goodness me, that's the end. I wanted to say hello to the new kids in the Knit British Ravelry group and there's been a little influx of you this uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, there's 521 members of the Knit British Ravelry group now. That's unbelievable. Thank you for joining in the Knit British Ravelry group. You're lovely. We have got in the new kids... Val loves France, who is Val from Liverpool. Hello to you, Val. We've got Mir Lee. Ooh, Hanno. I hope I said that right, from Belgium. We've got Andron Zek, and that's Anna from Tucson. We have Amanda Feels Like, and that's Amanda from uh, Graz, Austria. Hello to Pipsqueak, who is Arlene from uh, Lewisham. And also Harvey's girl, who is Alyssa from St. Paul, Minnesota. Hello to you, chaps. 
I also want to say a big hello to Jint65. Uh, I met Jint's uh, Jeanette at uh, Shetland Wool Week and she's just recently uh, said that she was catching up on the podcasts. She'd been a member of the group but she's catching up on the podcast and she said, Hi, my name is Jeanette and I'm an It British podcast addict, addict. Listen to 16 episodes in one week. Um, <laughs> yes, Jint65, I think that places you firmly on uh, the, the listener of the week uh, for to frame. Thank you very much. Coming up in the next episode, which should be here on the 1st of March, on on or around, I have a review for you um, and competition to win the Bletchley Collection, a book by Joanna Grace uh, in connection with Eden Cottage Yarns. There's going to be pod retreat news and we'll be even closer to the Edinburgh Yarn Festival and the podcast lounge, so my excitement will probably be ramped up even more and my voice will probably be really really high (laughs) you can find the podcast on itunes and stitcher and on at knitbritish.net i am lira on ravelry l-e-i-r-a i'm knit underscore british on twitter and instagram you can drop me a line at louise at knitbritish.net and as i said there is an answering service uh, on the Knit British Podcast Skype account. This is something that I am going to try. Obviously, don't want a lot of crap coming in. Uh, Not from Knit British listeners. Obviously, I mean, um, uh, there is a certain amount of um, risk you take when you accept uh, calls from everyone on your options so uh, I shall see how it goes and if it's popular um, but do give that a try again it's not an account that I will be chatting from or instant messaging from it's just going to be an answering service think of me next week as I have my feet up in Wales probably in a onesie with uh, eight others (laughs) knitting and having a good old laugh if there is um, wi-fi or or um, broadband or anything in in the wilds of north wales then i will of course be on twitter thank you so much for listening until next time look after yourself and take good care thanks for listening to the knit british podcast you can find out more at www.knitbritish.net you can email me louise at knitbritish.net and i'm also on twitter at knit underscore british 